Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, joined with my co-host of The Spectacle, Scott McKay, who Howdy. is the big chief in charge of Reviver.com and also TheHayRide.com over in Luzeriana. And uh, we welcome you today to this podcast on Fat Tuesday. We're recording. And tomorrow we have Mardi Gras. Are you giving anything up? Uh, well, actually, we're recording this on Mardi. Tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. Oh, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. That's right. Sorry. It's also Valentine's Day, which maybe that's what's crossing you up. Maybe. Well, Ash Wednesday and, and Valentine's. I did write. I did wear red to celebrate the. Val yeah, how about that? Saint Valentine's Day. Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott McKay is the meanest co-host. Uh, I'm the meanest. Ever. You called me from. You said I was from Louisiana. You don't get well, to say I, anybody else is mean. You're the I main did. one. We'd already established. Everybody, just so you guys know, we've already established, like with beyond a shadow of a doubt, that this is the main one. I'm, I'm actually the main nice one. one. She like embraced being the main one, and now she's trying to get away from it. So I don't <laughs> yeah, know if it's a Valentine's Day thing. Or what's going on, but this might actually be like a really, really weird spectacle today. I don't know. It, it's already a weird one. So I'm from Texas, so calling Louisiana Loserana is kind of just par for the course. Anyway, so today we are talking about the Super Bowl, which is a little bit of old news at this point because who cares? I don't because I'm from Texas and neither of the teams mattered. We were talking off camera beforehand about how, like, I, I love San Francisco during the Montana and the Steve Young years, only because I hated Dallas with a white hot, like, true passion. And because I was a Lions fans, fan and they never won anything, San Francisco could, you know, take care of business. And so I loved them. But uh, we had in this Super Bowl, some strangeness as per usual. Um, we had weird advertisements, weird Jesus advertisements, and we had uh, Travis Kelsey um, being a butthead on the sideline to his coach. So what do you want to talk about first, Scott? Um, well, I think that the Jesus gets us thing might have the most sort of heft of all the things that are out there uh, about the Super Bowl, and it's it's something that, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to spend a few minutes on. Um, so these ads we've had it's like a couple of years worth of these he gets us ads that are that are, I, I, it's some sort of ecumenical. Christian and non-Christian or something group is putting these things together. Supposedly, some of the money comes from the Green family, which is the Hobby Lobby people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that they're particularly picking the messages that are coming out of these uh, things, because it doesn't really sound like the kind of thing that your typical evangelical Christian folks would be doing. And... Um, Heretofore, I had always thought that this was sort of like uh, Christians trying too hard to be cool with some right. of the messaging, 
right? Like, you know, Jesus had a gang and they scared all the people, but they weren't, you know, they didn't hurt anybody. They spread love. And it was like, then don't call them a gang. Like, I mean, you know, like, first of all, you know, our culture is not based on gangs, okay? Most people in America are like, don't feel kindly toward gangs, right? So let's not say that Jesus and the apostles were a gang. Like I always, that kind of rankled, but I at least understood where they're coming from. Sunday, they put these ads out. $14 million a pop, I think is what the Super Bowl ads were. So for you a know, minute, I, I like mean, I think it was seven million dollars for a thirty seconds. So yeah, these were these are sixty second spots, yeah. and they probably ran two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, same ad, they just ran it two or three times, and the ad is um, foot washing, basically, is mm-hmm. you know uh, that like Jesus didn't judge, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he didn't do all these terrible things that people do. Instead, he washed feet, mm-hmm. and. The images that flash during this ad are um, people washing other people's feet. And in every one of these images, it is someone who is a uh, traditional American or a more traditional American, whether it's a cop or whether it's, you know, a preacher or, or like whatever is washing the feet of somebody who is, you know, probably more uh, your left-wing orientation, okay? Like, obviously, gay guy or a Native American or whatever it might be, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, the, when I first started, I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm noticing this. And I'm going, wouldn't it be more effective if it was, like, back and forth? You know, and like it was everybody doing it. Like, mm. you know, like sometimes it would be like a dude in a MAGA hat whose feet were getting washed, right? Instead, it was all, you know, and I, like I, I sat there and I watched it and it didn't take me long before I realized like this is a psyop. This whole thing is a psyop. We've been at this for two years with these ads, okay? And you couldn't really tell, you know, what like what are these guys actually doing? And they really, I think they gave away the plot on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And this is basically like, hey, you intolerant, racist, you know, pseudo-Christians out there, you need to set about kissing the asses of the the left-wing people because you're the problem, okay? Um, You know, and and I mean, the, the, the... departure from scripture that this represents jesus didn't wash the feet of sinners that's not what he did jesus brought a whip to the freaking temple to chase the money lenders out or the money changers out he didn't like he didn't have he didn't preach acceptance or tolerance he preached repentance okay he saved the prostitute's life he's what did he say he says go and sin no more okay it's that's you know it's the whole okay fine i'll love the sinner but i hate the sin and i want the sin to stop that's what jesus said jesus was the jesus was not about lowering standards he was about setting them okay um his entire ministry was about hey you have to act better okay the grace of god is what will get you and i will die for your sins the grace of god is what will get you into heaven but but none of you are living right Okay, 
Um, and this, the message of this is that the people who are trying to live right are the ones that have something to answer for. And you should just automatically accept the people that don't even make the aren't even making the effort. That's there's I don't know what part of Christianity that is. I found that deeply, deeply misguided and frankly offensive. And I I, I couldn't believe that you're gonna spend this much money on something that's this damaging to your own message if you say you're Christian. And I don't know who's responsible for these things, but I, like this is a the biggest fail I've ever seen. Yeah, but the thing is, is you. I think you said it when you said it was a psyop. It's exactly what I thought. I and what it hearkened to was during you know the George Floyd riots and Black Lives Matter and Nancy Pelosi and all her idiots you know got on their bended knee. And then I don't know if you recall the video of the white. Um, people at the park and the black people have, I wrote a whole article about this because it was so profoundly offensive to me, getting down on their knees and then washing the feet of these black people and apologizing for the past sins of white people. Now, first off, let's talk about all the different ways that this is just wrong. One is we do not get on our knees before any person human right. we get on our right. knees before god two we do not uh, uh apologize for the sins of other people nor can we make um uh um uh, intercede on their behalf it's their sin they must repent it's their walk with god so here we have these you know this image and so i felt like this whole thing was purposeful having it be right during uh, the the football game and and a way to make um the christians be the ones who um should be basically on your knees and kissing the asses of the people who are the sinners who have no intention of repenting exactly. and and who have no um, respect for the belief that you have even doing it. So like, well, th th yeah. this is just, uh, the whole thing is a way to water down Christianity and also to dishearten those people who are Christians, in my opinion. I, I, it, yeah, I mean, uh, the purpose of the PSYOP seems to be demoralization. Yes. Um, and in that respect, you know, based on the discussion I've seen of this, that, that might actually have worked. Um, you know, well, but it just the, makes me mad. I don't feel demoralized. No, I feel no, pissed I mean, off. You know, and I want to know who's who paid for it. And I want to know who's behind it. And I'm so sick to death of these outwardly transparent operations. You know, like the guys march, the obvious FBI guys marching around from city to city, pretending to be, <laughs> you know, like they're representative of somebody. You know, it's insulting. Right. And right. who believes this BS? But you know, the the an ad that's costing this much money, it has to probably be CIA because they're probably getting good deals on that kind of stuff. I don't know, but this is it's just ridiculous, and I, I'm tired of it. Like, it's so obvious, you know. Well. Somebody, I saw somebody joking, you know, this is going to be another topic and I'm kind of getting off topic, but 
saying that with um, the FBI infiltrating all the churches and stuff, that the, the shootings there by the lefties should diminish because at least they'll, you know, they'll have undercover guys there who can actually, you know. Yeah, well, uh, not, at, not at Lakewood Church, they did. Um, one thing I wanted to say uh, on this is, and that it's a shame, is this ad is going to um, inject the whole foot washing thing into the culture in, in a way that totally misses where the real lesson from the Bible on the foot washing thing comes. The people who Jesus washed their feet were his disciples, okay? And the lesson there is that leadership, and Jesus Christ was the best leader in the history of the world, okay? Le the best leaders are servants to their people, okay? And that was, that was the message that the foot washing got across. If you want to lead people, you must be their servant, okay? Um, and you know, like you look at our, the leadership that we have in this country and in all of the cultural institutions and other, um, you know, uh, uh, forums where you find leaders, like we've lost that in a large measure. And so the opportunity that was missed on this was to talk about, like, if you're, if you're a, if these guys are sincere, they want to try to spread Christianity. Okay. And you're like, you want to offer it up as hey this is a code of conduct that works and you can build a society off of it and we're you know we're christians because you know like we see the pieces working together right forget about the divinity piece of it if you want to just get secular people to respect christianity okay right. then you can build an entire campaign like here are the things in the bible that are actually really good for life okay mm -hmm. the foot washing thing would really fit in on something like that Hey, if you want to be a leader, be a servant. This is what Jesus did with his was with his apostles and those guys. Okay, obviously not everybody was <laughs> stepped up in the in the uh, in the lurch. Okay, but most of them did. All right, most of them, you know, and they, and they certainly gave their lives for uh, the you know the spreading of of the gospels and spread Jesus' word and all that. I mean. He inspired an enormous amount of loyalty among his people because he was a servant leader, all right? You could make that case, and it would be a good case, and you would be helping not just your message, but the people who heard that message, all right? This was wasted and lost with a non-factual interpretation of what Scripture says to push a message that is offensive to certainly the people that already believe that message if uh if you're to give it credit as being sincere and so i like i i watched this and it was more horrifying than the jason momboa of flash dance ad which is saying a lot well the thing is with this in the context that all of this is in which because it's kind of like talking about Putin um, uh, waxing elephant about an alternative history that is of a, his in his Russian imagination. He was doing what he was doing because he is counting on the ignorance of the people watching. And that ad is also doing the same thing. 
putting up a distorted version of what Christianity is, counting on the ignorance of the audience. And so the thing is, the context of the foot washing uh, in the days before, you had disciples asking Jesus, who in heaven is going to be sitting in, you know, next to you? Hey, can I sit next to you in heaven? You know, wanting the power. Can I have the power and be, you know, you're going to be king, but hey, who gets to sit right next to you? And then, and then the other thing that happened immediately before this is that Mary was on her knees, um, uh, basically anointing Jesus's feet as, you know, he was a king. And also it was, you know, presaging the fact that he was going to die. And when, when, um, in Israel, people were anointed with oil to preserve the body um, after death. And so that was, so she was anointing him with oil, knowing in some regards what was going to happen. And so like, and, and that's what got Judas all pissed off is that so much money was spent worshiping the King, which is what she was doing. And so, and he, like a good liberal was sitting there going, I can't believe we're spending money that way. It's kind of like, um, you know, the public works type of thing. Well, why should we be building beautiful buildings? We could feed the poor. Not to mention that, you know, not, again, it's a complete distortion of what Jesus right. was about. And so then um, Jesus gets down and right before he washes everybody's feet and Peter says, hey, I'll, no, 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 not so, Lord, I'll wash your feet. And And Jesus basically told him no get behind him that this is what he had to do that he was he came to serve and that they were to, that his disciples were meant to do this too and that they should be serving the people as they go forward and and because Jesus knew that he was about to die and that these people were going to be representatives of him on this earth and that's what anybody who's a Christian should do is serve other people namely the disciples because that's who he was serving at that time now he was right. healing the demon possessed and the sick and and whatever and making right. disciples of them and part of the healing was them leaving behind the sin leaving behind the demons that made them need jesus it's right. not like okay i'm going to keep my demons and also wash my feet no, well, it, I mean, you know, and, doesn't and, and work the best example of this ad and how bad it is, is, you know, here's here's a, a anti-abortion protester is going to wash some girl's feet in front of an abortion. Party. Right. Right. OK. Jesus would have brought a whip, not a bull and a rack. OK, because that's sin. And he would have the Jesus opposed sin. I mean, well, he, would have, he would have been doing what he did at the well, which is talk to the woman and and ask her. And finally, she's honest because she acknowledges what she's doing. Yeah. But he wouldn't have said that, you know, it's totally fine. Keep your six husbands or five husbands plus one. Yeah. No. So, you know, this is um, there is a real coordinated effort to. um make and paint Christianity as this weak, terrible thing. 
and this kind of mealy mouth uh, new age BS. And just for those of you guys who are listening right now, our next issue coming out is going to be all about religion and in America and and kind of this divide. And what we're seeing here, what Scott's so brightly bringing up is that there is a concerted effort to make it all mush so that there's no contrast so that we're all just kind of muddling along. There is no saving grace. We don't even need salvation because, hey, we're pretty great. Um, And that's a nice uh, message for everybody to hear, but it keeps them in a state of misery and um, separated from God and separated from people who love them because that's what sin does. And so, you know, I don't know how we ended up talking about this on, on this podcast, but the people who are putting forth this ad um, are willfully trying to deceive people. And that's why it's so repugnant. Yeah. All right. So the other thing that happened at the Super Bowl was Travis Kelsey uh, screaming in the ear and kind of threatening um, Andy Reid and had to be kind of pushed away by him, his coach. And, um, you know, we talked about this before, but I, uh, I, I was a, you know, played sports growing up and was on a hyper, hyper competitive basketball team growing up. And when I saw that, I just thought that is, like so far out of line, especially from a leader of the team to to be doing that in the middle of the most important game in front of the world. And um, there was just something inside of me when I saw that just just that felt um, like, okay, bench his ass or send him to the locker room or something. You know what I mean? Like this is not okay. Um, And I, I was... I was on the other hand, like I understand being that um, fired up for the biggest game of the year and all of that. I get it as a, as a player and everything, but that kind of um, insubordination is just something that um, seems to be more culturally accepted now. And Oh, there's no doubt about that. And I just don't accept it. I just think that it's something that's a really bad. Well, you saw this, all year in the NFL with particularly high profile players getting in the coach's face, you know, whether it's play calling or playing time or whatever it might be. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, and it wasn't just coaches uh, like, you know, and not that anybody cares about the saints, but the, for the first half of the season, um, the saints were, a complete mess with players basically tearing each other's heads off mm. every time you know like get a third down and a wide receiver wouldn't run the route out and david carr would throw a fit and like and, and you know like I, I started noticing it early because this happened with the saints a lot mm-hmm. but then every time i'd watch a game i would see coaches and players getting in you know knockdown drag out arguments on sidelines and all this kind of stuff like that and you know, I, I think it's it's a cultural thing. It's 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 a breakdown of authority pretty much everywhere. 
-hmm. You know, you hear about this stuff happening with high school sports. You hear about it with uh, teachers in classrooms. You certainly have this kind of stuff going on in corporate America, particularly with young employees who talk back to their bosses. This stuff has been written up in every publication you can see. Oh, um, but it, you know what you just remind me of? The interns, Biden's interns, oh, writing an open letter criticizing the president of the United States. I don't even like Biden, and he's stupid pretty much all the time. But you're working in his you're White an House? You're an right. intern. Shut yeah. up. Who are you? By the you? way, and this is apropos of nothing, but did you know that when Barack Obama was a U.S. senator, he had 100 interns what no yeah yeah i actually found that out yesterday a hundred interns that barack obama had as a freshman uh, you know throughout like 25 per year or no like he had a hundred at one time to do what i don't know yeah i mean i did but he had a hundred interns and i mean apparently you know these people have all filtered up into the government here mm. um you know his little Obama youth, but um, <laughs> Obama youth. that, but the, and it's, it's weird because um, our economy and all of our institutions and, you know, everything else are more hierarchical, you know, pyramid hierarchical now than they've been in the past. I mean, you know, we used to have a wide open economy and now it's an oligopoly. You know, right. with a small number of companies that control a lot of market share. And so you would think that the discipline in those organizations would be uh, greater rather than less. But instead, the new style is cooperation, which means the inmates run the asylum. Right. Um, and you're seeing this in, on sports teams and you're seeing all these different places. And it's you know, I mean, Andy Reid, like, that's eh, really not that big a deal was how he treated it after the fact. And right. he just won a Super Bowl. So it's not like they're going to make a big deal out of this. Right, right. Um, but it's like, this is part and parcel of what's going on in in America, which is that, you know, you've got, you know, I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's just the fact that um, maybe we just, we're in a labor shortage. And so the employees feel like they can have more, um, power, or maybe it's because of the influence of social media, where everybody is a star, right? Of their own little story that they put out on freaking. I, th I think those theories are nice, but wrong. I think the the problem it goes back to the home, where how children are I was raised. Coming. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean the big the big thing is this is parenting has changed. I mean, it yeah. used to be these were the rules. And if you step outside of the rules, then maybe you take you got to go pick out a switch and you get popped with the switch or, you know, whatever. Now it's it's, you know, I'm taking your phone away for three hours. OK, so, I, you know, I, like these th things have um, an ultimate effect, mm -hmm. you know, the participation trophy stuff has an ultimate effect. The effect is that you don't teach people the consequences of their actions. And if you and if you don't have uh, you know if you don't understand those consequences, 
then you're going to make bad decisions and you're going to have very poor impulse control. Um, and, you know, I don't want to equate Travis Kelsey bumping his coach on the sideline at the Super Bowl to, say, the Lakewood Church shooter, okay? But what I'm saying is that if if you don't have the proper amount of personal discipline taught on a wide scale in society, you're going to have chaos. And we're like, we're seeing this more and more and more, which is chaos. Uh, and you would think that people who make the kind of money and have the kind of public exposure that NFL players do, you know, you would think that you would get better behavior. And maybe you are, and it really is that that him bumping the coach is like, well, this is still way better than how most people operate. And I'm not yeah, going to make a judgment is, on that. The thing but, is that putting up with that kind of thing, like I, I think about it, the coaches that I had, it's unfathomable that that would be allowed. And, um, and to, you know, to threaten violence because, I mean, Kelsey's a big, strong guy, you know, Andy Reid's a middle-aged dude or older. And no, I'm sorry. No. And it's just, it's just to me, no, but I see it. You know, when you see the, the parents give in to a kid for candy in the store or you this this kind of generalized um, lack of control on the part of the authority themselves and then and then not giving consequences for this sort of um, behavior, it just is not good. And part of the yeah. problem is, is, of course, the misuse and abuse of authority by so many for so long has created a situation where parents are like, well, I'm not going to let my kid be bullied by a teacher like I was. And so their conclusion becomes to jump into the other ditch and that, that any exercise of authority is a problem. And then you have all these fatherless kids. I don't know Kelsey's situation or what, what his family situation is. He had an older brother. Surely he got the crap beat out of him by his older brother. So, I mean, because that just um, happens. But I know, just, I, I don't know. I, I'm look, just I mean, really Kelsey's uncomfortable a, Kelsey's with Kelsey's a meathead, okay? I mean, he's a meathead. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh I do think that 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 was a moment that should make people think about the relationship between, um, you know, authority and uh, and the individual and, you know, personal discipline and things like that. Hopefully that, you know, is the lesson that we take and not, you know, oh, they won the Super Bowl. So whatever. I mean, this yeah. that was a, that was a bad moment and it 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 should be seen as such. And it shouldn't be seen as, well, these guys are, they sure are competitors. And this is, mm -hmm. you know, you know, competitors can be fiery and emotions run high. No, right. you're supposed to have this. Yeah. Right. And this is more than just slamming your helmet down on the bench uh, after play, which has gone on forever and ever. And everybody understands that. Right. Um, this is, you know, this is physically threatening your coach and kids who play football are going to see that. And then you're going to have that problem. And, you know, there, there should be 
from the Chiefs or from Kelsey or from Reed or whatever, there should be some statement that says, look, you know, this was not our finest moment. Don't don't do this at all. Right. Well, with that, parents, discipline your children. Just follow through with consequences. Make sure your word means something. That's really the key. I've got three grown kids now. And I would say if there's one piece of parenting advice I would give is that my kids knew that if I said something, I meant it. And so <laughs> I'll just tell a little story about this. My my nephew was giving me, you know, back talk. We were at the gym at the Y and my son is sitting there and my son's eyes are getting bigger and bigger because I'm about ready. And I said, you know, um, you're not too far from home and you can walk. And he kind of looked at me to see if I really meant it. And my son knew that I totally meant it. And so he backed up. And that is a college age kid, you know? Parents, God made you to be in charge of your home. And it's not good for your kids to be out of control. It's just not. You send them out into the world and then people hate their guts because they're jerks. And they don't have friends in school because they're jerks. And they don't do well in school and in life because their coworkers and bosses hate them. So, you know, I think Jordan Peterson said to raise kids that you like. And yeah. I think it's the best piece of advice in his and all of his books. Absolutely yeah. true. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Ash Wednesday. Uh, we are here at the American Spectator are really grateful for you um, loving us. And so please, I know, like and subscribe and share. You're Don't really just like us, love one. us. Um, anyway, I'm just trying to make Scott throw up over there in Louisiana. I think I might succeed. Thank yeah. you for listening to, to the spectacle and we'll talk to you next time. 